Hello, women's hockey fans. Erica Ayala here bringing you a bonus episode of the Founding Forward podcast. As you likely know, we are an independent-run, NWHL-centric women's hockey podcast. But this being a bonus episode, we are going to talk about the PWHPA, and that is because I will be joined by Jordan Geron. Now, Jordan Geron signed a professional tryout, a PTO, with the Boston Pride this past weekend. She played in that series up in Buffalo against her former NWHL team, but it's no secret that Jordan Duran, along with the overwhelming majority of the Buttes team from last season, joined up with the For the Game movement, which of course has evolved into the PWHPA. She also played in a PWHPA showcase. So I talked to Jordan a little bit about her decision-making process, what the process from her experience in the PWHPA was like, and some of the reasons why in her effort to simply want to play hockey as she said she told that to me she told that to melissa burgess that this at this particular time made sense for her we also talk about what that means moving forward here's my interview with jordan Duran. Um, the opportunity to return to the NWHL, but with a different team than you had played for previous in previous seasons. Um, you know, how did this first come up to the radar? Was it something you were looking for? Was it Boston reaching out? Uh, it was actually extremely random and last minute. Uh, I know. I no longer live in Buffalo anymore. I, I moved to Syracuse for a new job, and I was up this weekend visiting my boyfriend. He plays at Kenesha, so I was coming up to watch. They had a series with RIT, um, and I happened to go over to the, the hotel that the Pride were staying at to see Kaylee Fracken, who I played at BU with, and I took her out to, to Whole Foods to get some food, dropped her back off, and about 30 minutes later, their coach was texting me asking me if I wanted to play and I just happened to have my bag in the car um, sometimes I skate with uh, my, my boyfriend when they have open ice or something like that and I was like uh, my bag's in the car like I can play and I, I talked about it with my, my family quick and with, with him quick and it just seemed like a great fun opportunity to play with a bunch of teammates and, and girls that I played against in the Hockey East and with Asabet um, in the past and it it's just hockey when it when it comes down to it and I thought it would be a lot of fun. Wow, that's amazing. Whole Foods making the connection, eh? <laughs> I mean, I got I, I found out I was playing in that game three hours before the game started. Wow, wow. But uh, you know, they say so, if you're always, if you're always ready always ready to go, you never have to get ready, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I would have I would have definitely chosen a different meal the night before if I knew I was going to be <laughs> putting in the minutes. What what led up to kind of you wanting to put put your name and your weight behind uh, the concept of for the game? Yeah, I mean, I think as everyone knows, our entire Buffalo team minus uh, two players decided to do it collectively as a whole and 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 stick together and at the time it was just all right like there's this great opportunity there's a lot of things that could possibly happen for the future of women's hockey like let's all stick together we loved our buffalo team and we we made that decision collectively as a whole um and i mean it was all the stuff that's come out all the conversations everything has been super super positive uh, with everything that has to do with the PWHPA, and I know they've put on some some great events, and um, 
they're definitely making a lot of um, like progress behind the scenes. And I mean, I, I know that they had a, a big turnout, I think at some games they played this weekend. Um, so I, I think what they're doing is, is great as well. Yeah, I think that it's it's been an adjustment period. I think there are a lot of emotional feelings, but I think what you said it kind of leans more towards I think where we're we're where we're getting in that there's more than one way, as you say, to skin a cat or to play professional women's ice hockey. And and again, that's that's kind of what I want to pick your brain on. You're in this unique situation. You you've come from the NWHL, as you said, and played with that Buttes team that had the support of of the Pagula Sports entertainment which was groundbreaking in its own way and then you join up in and with the pwhpa which again is really trying to bring a different type of conversation to women's professional ice hockey and you were able to play in in a showcase model which is different than what we've seen the cwhl do and certainly different than what the nwhl is is doing so i, I want to like again flash forward through your timeline a little bit here to get to if i'm not mistaken new hampshire was your first pwhpa WHPA showcase. Um, is that correct? Did I get that right? Yep, that's the that's the first one that I played in. Okay, excellent. So let's go to kind of what that experience was. Um, and I'm looking for anything from what you remember as far as the you know the crowd and the fans to maybe some of the logistics that were again just different than what you had been accustomed to uh, with the Buttes in in the past seasons. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing event. I know Mr. Flanagan had a lot to do with using that Cyclones arena. Um, I, I, With the PWHPA, I was part of the Buffalo region. Um, but when we went out to New Hampshire, they split the Buffalo region up onto some teams. And I ended up playing with primarily the group of girls from Boston, um, which, again, like, obviously, I played at Boston University. I played for Assabet prior. Um, I knew a bunch of the girls in the room, so it was it was easy to walk into that locker room. Um, it was fun. They, they had a, a travel coordinator to coordinate all the flights. Uh, I actually had a horrible trip out there, but we don't need to get into that with flight delays, and I missed the team bus, and all of that, but um, we stayed in a really nice hotel. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, the place was packed. My dad was telling me that he was standing like I mean it was like three rows back from the glass in places where people were standing, um, and it was a great showcase of of hockey and, and skill and competition. And um, I think it really all all everything they're doing is positive. Yeah, I think, uh, and again, it's a new way of uh, of trying to tap into a market. I think sports is changing, right? And in some ways, we have two examples of the ways in which sports are changing. You have a more traditional model. You have teams. You have franchises. You have owners. You have, you know, free agency, and and you, you sign players, and that's more of what we see now that exists currently with the NWHL. But then there's kind of, I think, it's accredited mostly to lacrosse, uh, particularly men's lacrosse where or even if you look at the big three right what they're doing in in basketball where you have this kind of um you know barnstorming going back to the the roots of sports and, and have a barnstorming where you can make not just a, a league but you make these events you really build momentum around the sport by way of of having these showcase events um yeah i was 
that, that's right what you just said. That's how I always used to explain it. So I'd, I'd ask people, oh, do you know what the, the PLL is, the, the new lacrosse league with Paul Rabel and everything like that? And, I mean, I think they had great success, and it, it's it's different. It's a different idea than, than cheering for um, – a, a city's team it's a it's cheering for these players and it's cheering for the sport in general not just for a, a particular city yeah and i think you know i think as with anything from you know a, a meal to a pair of shoes to a sports league i think it depends on you know who you are and, and what you're looking for um and also if you happen to live in a market where you can have a stable a team and investors and places where athletes want to play but i want to ask this i want to ask you this question jordan um what excite what excites you about um you know the, the the possibility of of having that as something for a women's sports model, um, and maybe what are some of the challenges or things that you maybe not even a challenge, but just things that you still have questions about because it is a little bit of a stray from what maybe most people are used to when they see sports. Well, I think right now, I mean, I, obviously there's there's a lot up in the air. There's a lot going behind the scenes that I'm not privy to, and, and a lot of people aren't privy to. Um, in terms of what the future of women's hockey looks like, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I think that regardless of the players that are playing in the NWHL and the players that are playing in the PWHPA, like the collective goal is, is to form a, a sustainable future for women's hockey and to give these little girls that come to the rink and that may be the only girl on their, their boys team, the, the hope and, and the dream that, Oh, there is, there is something else for you to do. Like, there's another level there's something for you to strive for and i think that's when it comes down to it it's the game is the same no matter the format that you're in the league that you're playing in it's hockey it's three periods you're trying to put the puck in the net you're trying to win games and if if we can inspire girls across any of these platforms to continue to to follow their dreams and and pursue playing in the positions that we're in then then we're doing it right yeah, I think that's that's very well said. Um, but you and I both know, and you certainly more than me, that there are... Um, how should I put this? There are challenges to that aspirational you know, statement and sentiment, right? And some of them are that at, right now, the overwhelming conversation in women's hockey is one of contention and I think we've kind of that existed of course before when the CWHL and the NWHL existed but I think we're seeing some some of that renewed um, and the reason I want to offer that as just the, the, the reality is because I do wonder what players make of that um, you know and I'm, I'm sure it, it, it varies person to person but for you Jordan you know how much of that do you think rings true how much of, are there pieces of that um, that you think are maybe misunderstood that you'd like to maybe set set the record straight on? And you know, where do you hope that this uh, th this kind of uh, dialogue that we have, this conflict that we have now, where do you hope it will take the product of women's ice hockey? Well, I mean, I think the end goal between either side of this this debate this argument is to have a sustainable future for women's hockey to have a pro league that you can play in and make a living off of obviously i mean we have to be realistic i don't I, it, there's just 
it's never going to be making the same money that the men make. You're not, we're not going to be signing million dollar contracts, but to be signing contracts enough to support a living without having to work another job and to be able to fully invest in hockey itself, training, practicing, skating, playing all the games, not having to worry about working a nine to five job and rushing to a rink at 10 PM or at 6 30 AM before work to get a skate in. I mean, I think that's the end game, no matter what league you're looking at. And I think that everyone can agree on that. Um, in terms of like where I stand on things, I, I personally am, I mean, I, I broke my back last year. Um, I have a, I have a full-time job that, um, is, is lucrative and it's its own self that I'm going to obviously be focusing on right now. For me, it wasn't where do my allegiances lie? Where do I, what do I support more than the other? The opportunity came about for me to play some hockey with some teammates and, and, and have some fun out there. And I, I think it was just a decision to take it just because I love the game of hockey, not because I believe in a certain thing. I mean, I believe in having something for these little girls to, to look up to and to strive for. That's, that's as far as I can comment in terms of allegiances or, or the debate in whole. Yeah. I, I think did that, I answer all of those questions? Yeah, I think you got it. I think you got it. Okay. And and now I I will um now get us into kind of the more of the logistics stage of things. Just because you know I don't get an opportunity every time to talk to uh, again a player that's kind of seen both sides. So um, first first kind of logistic going off of what you said is uh, to your knowledge does your participation in a PTO in the NWHL eliminate you from being able to participate in any PWHPA showcase? is upcoming um yes prior to the prior to the game about two hours before i played yesterday when that media announcement went out around 5 45 i received the text from someone in the pwhpa um, stating that i will be removed from all future events and rosters Okay, so so it seems as though, although you're open to, from what from what you just said, that you're although you're open to an opportunity and you'll take an opportunity as it comes, uh, that it seems as though, as of right now at least, the PWHPA is not an option for you. No, it's it's not, and I I had a feeling that I mean obviously no one else has done it yet, has no one else has made that jump. I I can't speak to what anyone else is thinking about in terms of where they want to play. But, um, I did it because I wanted to play some hockey. I wanted to have some fun and, um, I actually will be finishing the season with Boston. Oh, very nice. That was another <laughs> that, question the, on my list. <laughs> yeah. The, the logistics of that haven't been worked out or completely worked out or, or signed pen to paper yet signed or anything like that. But, um, I will be finishing the season with the pride. All right. In the NWHL. Okay, very cool. Well, I mean, that that's a pretty good team to join up with. Uh, they are rolling this year. My goodness, what a team. Seven, 17 and 0. My gosh. Uh, you know, and uh, I have a few more logistical questions that I, I do want to get into. but And then I want to come back to, to you playing with Boston. Uh, the other question that I had is... Um, it seems like you were looking for Jordan an opportunity to play. So just by following logic, it, it seems as though maybe not as many opportunities to play in a showcase like you did in New Hampshire were available. So the question that I want to ask is again, more of a structural question. How, um, from your experience were 
um, opportunities divvied out when it came to PWHPA showcase. So how that worked is that you have the showcases, but then there's a bunch of those single games that go on there. Sometimes during the week, sometimes on a, on a Sunday um, for in terms of the Buffalo region for things that we were offered, a lot of them were up in Ontario or somewhere not too far over the border. Um, there, I obviously I played in that Hudson, New Hampshire showcase. And other than that, my name hadn't come up for, for rosters for either the Toronto showcase or the Philadelphia showcase, which are the ones that have been announced at this point. But I was given, um, opportunities to play in those single games, but without, with, with not living in Buffalo anymore, it, it made it a little difficult to be able to commit to driving to Buffalo and then getting on a bus and going all the way up to an hour and a half over the border, playing a game back to Buffalo and then driving back to Syracuse. So those kind of weren't really working out with my schedule. I would say there was probably a, a three or four games that I was sent an email about to play in. Um, in terms of how it, how it works from my understanding is it, it, a lot of it's based on location and travel. Um, obviously some of the teams, they don't, they, they don't really mix the regions on some of them and, and other teams that don't have as, as many players committed to the regions, they, they mix the teams up. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's right. I guess I only had that opportunity to play in the one showcase and a couple single games. And um, yeah, I think that's just, that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, like I said, I mean, I could I could keep you on the phone for days, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, but because I do want to get to you know this team that you're on, uh, and talking about the hockey that it seems presumably is ahead of you. So you come into uh, a PTO situation, as you mentioned, maybe didn't have the meal that you wanted before before hitting the ice. Um, but you come into a situation where you know the the Boston Pride are going up against your former team, and looking to stay perfect. I mean, were there any expectations? Like, did, how did you game plan? I mean, like, you kind of got thrown into what could be easily a pretty pretty epic battle, you knowing firsthand how Boston and, and Buffalo games go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, don't, I don't think there were um, expectations set. I think in terms of expectations, I wanted to go out there. I wanted, I wanted to, to play hard. I wanted to – obviously, I knew it was going to take a little bit to, to get my legs back under me and to – find some chemistry with the, the line mates that I was playing with. Um, in terms of playing against my former team, they're only Taylor Akersey and Corinne Bowie were on the team last year. Um, so a lot of new faces for the Buttes, but I think that, I think that, yeah, anytime that you, you play in Buffalo, obviously I played here and the fans are great. The city loves their hockey. So I think, I mean, I expected it to, to be a, a fun arena, fun atmosphere to play in. Um, but the, this Boston team is, is awesome. They're firing on all, all cylinders. They have, a, it's a great locker room to walk into. And, and like I said, I've, I've played with half the team and I know pretty much everyone else just from playing throughout the years. Um, so I think, the the expectation was just to go out there and, and play hockey and obviously putting on that Boston uniform, the expectation is to win. Yeah, and you know you you, uh, you had some logistical challenges with the PWHPA, but uh, you know now that you're you're joining up with Boston, uh, have you kind of 
started to game plan what that will look like as far as uh, hitting the ice more frequently? Will you be able to make practices? Will you kind of just be a road warrior for them? I know it's still early, but how much of that have you talked through with, with folks from, from the Pride? Um, I think, I mean, I, I talked to the coaches after the game. They were really excited with, with how the weekend went and with me as a player. And um, I, we're going to have more conversations. I think they just obviously with everything going on right after the game, they didn't want to just throw a bunch of things at me. I know they were trying to catch a flight. So um, all that's really been said is that we're going to, we'll talk this week. We'll work out what everything looks like. And um, I mean, I plan on being in Boston next week for practice on Thursday. Um, I've got, obviously I've got a lot of good friends there for, in terms of places to stay and um, we'll just go from there. I, I think well, those those questions will be answered in, in the days to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this game, I'm actually here at the Riveters and Minnesota game, and it's getting it's getting a little crazy. So the, it's going to only get louder from here. But the good news is, Jordan, with you being on the Boston roster, I'm actually one of the announcers there. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to catch up. But I do want to thank you for just kind of walking me through and great game. Uh, congrats on the point, And uh, I'll be seeing you soon. All right. Thank you so much. OK, take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this bonus episode of the Founding Four podcast. I want to close out this episode by saying, for me, Jordan Duran's unique situation is not... I see that a lot of people are using this to make sweeping indictments of the PWHPA and the NWHL. I hope that through my conversation with Jordan that you were able to acknowledge that, at least for Jordan, and my guess is for a lot of other people that are involved, particularly the players that are involved in post-college and professional women's hockey, that the decision-making, there's a lot that goes into it. And each player, particularly as they want to elongate their professional careers, has decisions that they need to make that are contingent on a lot of things, not excluding, of course, major things like having an additional job, which is still where we are in women's hockey, and location. So that's what I want to offer. I hope that Jordan's conversation or my conversation with Jordan in some ways speaks for itself. It's the start of a very interesting conversation as we move forward in women's hockey, whether it be with Jordan or other people in professional women's hockey. I hope to continue to be able to shed some light on everything from process for a player to also logistics for the PWHPA and the NWHL moving forward. As always, thanks for tuning in to the Founding Four podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode.